Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, stethoscopes around the neck for a health and wellness report as we get ready for the Red Raiders to return to United Supermarkets Arena next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today. You're going to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of five bucks or more hits. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you, my man. And we're setting the table for the weekend on today's episode, looking ahead to Red Raiders and Golden Knights as Texas Tech is back in the LBK in action from United Supermarkets Arena, trying to put an end to this three-game skid. And as we've talked about, well, fairly consistently to this point in the Big 12 run, you really want to hold serve on your home floor. You did drop your first home contest the last time that you were in the building. But as you and I look ahead to this one and what's coming up after that, you've got some big swing games here, uh, again, to decide whether or not you might firmly plant yourself into an NCAA tournament kind of picture down the stretch. Are we going to be on bubble watch? A lot of these things will be determined over the next three to four days. Big swing game. I like it. Yeah, like tee it up high and let it fly, right? Uh, <laughs> grip it and rip it. All, all the all the analogies. Yeah, man, you got uh, – you got about 80 minutes of very, very meaningful basketball coming at you in the next, uh, you know, 72-ish hours uh, from from the time that people may be listening to this. Uh, because, yeah, Central – you know, and, and I don't want to overstate it, and I think sometimes this gets thrown around uh, too much, but – and it's not, but I, I'm, I'm going to say that it's close. But, man, th- this game is – it, it it's kind of like must win type stuff, you know, like like conversation. Uh, just because you're on a three game losing streak, you only have so many home opportunities left. We've we've already established that you've got to hold serve. You didn't the last time, which makes puts more importance on this one, in my opinion. And this is a team that, to be frank, you're probably supposed to beat. You know, I don't know if you were supposed to beat Cincinnati. Like, yeah, you were favored. Cincinnati's a good team. They have a higher net ranking than you do, okay? And and they were pretty much even last, you know, b- b- before the game started last Saturday. But, you know, on this one, I mean, you're you're quite a bit higher uh in 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 the net. Uh you you're just a few games above them in the standings. Actually just maybe just one and one, or one and a half games difference. However, this isn't like a this isn't some slouch, man. I mean, they've beaten Kansas, they've beaten Texas, they've beaten Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. And you're going to try to do the same thing and then you're going to feel great about it. So we can't sit here and say that um, because you've already beaten Texas and Oklahoma and you're going to have to try to beat Texas again and you're going to have to beat Kansas. But uh, Central Florida is not, you know, they're inconsistent uh, a bit. Uh, You know, Johnny Dawkins, team, I think they're kind of maneuvering their way through. Uh, you know the Big Twelve and what life is like here, but you know they they went to Austin and and we did the we did the deal and we got yelled at for it and we told we were we were told we were classless. 
uh, and all the things. But, you know, they, they so they've had some highs. They've had some lows. They've won at home. They've won on the road. Uh, but, you know, they, yeah, they're, they're three wins that that's going to get everybody's attention. Is uh, is Texas, Oklahoma, and uh, and obviously Kansas to start out the conference season. Uh, so, you know that this is you know, and, and they're probably very similar to Cincinnati in that this isn't going to be easy on the eyes at times with them. They just kind of out tough you, rebound you know, out rebound you. They 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 will shoot bad shots on occasion and try to get to the free throw line because there's games in recent weeks where they'll attempt like nine free throws and there's games in recent weeks where they'll, they'll attempt like 28 or 32 free throws. And that's really the difference in their team. You'll know if you're going to be in a, in a fight, if, if they're really getting to the free throw line at a high rate, or you could be in trouble, but they've got two guards and Darius Johnson and Jalen Sellers that average about 30 a game total combined. And then after that, they've got a, a big, which everybody's got one, Ibrahima Diallo, seven foot two fifty. Uh, so let's uh, let's hope Warren had a Z pack or a a lozenge or uh, some B twelve shot. Uh, I don't know. Let's hope uh, the big fella for the Red Raiders is doing okay. <laughs> Did you ever imagine being a big twelve broadcaster that uh, you'd be so well versed in uh, the names of this globe? I mean, good Lord, you just roll through. And I couldn't even tell you if you're making them up half the time. Like, yeah, sounds good to me. He's saying it with confidence. So I'm going to act like he knows what he's doing. He is a professional, folks. Yeah, you know, Central Florida, by the way, pretty good run through the Big 12 Conference first time around. If you're going to knock down Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas, that's not a bad year, even for those of us that have been in the league, uh, you know, for two-plus decades. But really, I guess the only kind of uh, inexplicable loss, if you will, was at home against BYU a ways back. That was back in the middle of January. But otherwise, it was on the road at K-State, on the road at Houston, on the road at Cincinnati. And then they did drop an eight-pointer at home against Baylor. Uh, but these are not like, you know, crises-type losses. They've, they've been right there on the edge. Yeah, I mean, th this – make no mistake when I say that you should beat this team – it, it, it's not that there's a difference between that and it being easy uh, <laughs> because they can easily come in and, and pop you, you know, if you're, if you're not right. And if you're not, you don't have a sense of urgency and, and all those things, but you know, they've been very competitive. Uh, I just think it, it's with them. It's been some inconsistency and you can tell, you could tell by the free throw line attempts, you know, are they being aggressive or are they settling? Because this isn't some great shooting team. They're just kind of, again, long and athletic. And, you know, in, in Diallo down low, he's got like 40 blocks on the season. So, again, the colors are going to be different. We're going to call them the Knights. My man Cowan calls them the Citronauts. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, it's going to look – there's going to be some similarities the way Cincinnati looked – not quite as long as some of the positions or, or maybe as deep. Um, but I, I think they're very similar, just trying to, you know, wrestle you and fight you and get into the lane and see if you're willing to, you know, are you going to play without fouling? Or are you just going to hack me? And then I'm going to get mine at the free throw line again, because your, your guard tandem here and, and sellers and Johnson is pretty salty, you know, and, and, and sellers, people have talked about, you know, Pop being all Big 12 and all those things. Well, I mean, Sellers averages as many points a game as Pop does. So, and people probably have no idea who Jalen Sellers is. 
uh, transferred from Ball State and, and and all that. But he's having a really good year in a brutal, brutal league. And as you mentioned, they pulled off some pretty good wins. And 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 I think this was a Central Florida team, one that lost a lottery pick last year. And I, I want to say they were picked like to finish maybe at the bottom. This may have been the last place team uh, preseason. And it, it speaks to how good this league is, I guess, that uh, – that they're they've been in a lot of these games and, and and all those things. So I don't know, man. I just think you know you you should win this game, but you're gonna have to play well to do it. And I, I need to probably be careful about assuming too much. But it it's sense of urgency needs to be really high for the Red Raiders uh, on Saturday at the arena, Callen. Glad to have them back uh, at the USA and hopefully yeah. being spurred on uh, by a home crowd. Not glad to have to include this as part of our conversation today. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. And happy Super Bowl week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And FanDuel has more ways than you can count for you to end this season with a dub. Or maybe two, or three, or four, not five, not six. Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score the first touchdown, how many points are going to be scored, and so much more. National Anthem action? That do anything for you? Check it out at FanDuel.com. New customers also joining today, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of 5 bucks or more wins. All you got to do, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. A health and wellness report. Apparently, Grant McCaslin this week was going like uh, Grandpa Joe from uh, Willy Wonka. Like he's bedridden, and all of a sudden he's like, all right, tip off, boom. Got to hop out, do a little jig, and get down to Waco. I mean, we saw reports of 103-degree fever. This is just for the head coach, by the way. Warren Washington did not play in the previous game. You might have seen what it was like. Uh, the previous Saturday against Cincinnati when uh, we were hacking and coughing and spitting and all that stuff. Uh, pretty much, I don't want to say team-wide, but uh, for the most part, a lot of different guys were in that kind of category. Uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, we'll tell you there is a reason that uh, Chris Level has a stethoscope around his neck uh, this morning. <laughs> Dr. Level, <laughs> Doc Paging Dr. Level, could you weigh in? I don't know if you, if you have a feel for this. I don't typically ask you about these things. Uh, could you weigh in on how these boys are feeling as we get back to tip off tomorrow. Well, it, it's uh, it's a bit scary when like, you know, in a team and somebody gets like a, the, the, the flu uh, type symptoms or, or, you know, a couple of years ago, COVID or whatever, because it, everybody's together. You, you do everything together. You're, you're traveling together. You're eating together. You're practicing together. You're standing next to each other. You're in film rooms together. I mean, just together, together, together. And when one person kind of gets it, you know, it just spreads rapidly through the team. And so this has been going on for really, I guess we're a little over a week in, uh, I would say maybe a, a week and a half to where, you know, there, there was some coaches, players that just weren't, because I mean, Lamar Washington didn't play uh, last Saturday either. And then plays one minute the other night. And I think uh, Pop was dealing with it big time last week and still kind of dealing with it uh, in the middle of the week. Uh, Joe and Warren, as you mentioned, I mean, I, I think Warren was getting an IV at halftime uh, last uh, last weekend, and that's why he was delayed coming out. And then he had to get rewarmed up in the tunnel with the strength coaches. 
Um, I think multiple players had IVs after the game was over just to try to replenish them and get, you know, because what, 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 uh, what, what are the adults or the doctors in the room always tell you when you're not feeling well? Make sure you're, you're, you're pounding the liquid, man. You need to continue to drink. You need to eat the soup. So it, it, it gives you the – it hydrates you and all that stuff. And so I think, yeah, the IVs is, is just like a uh, – you know, helps that uh, immediately. But like Grant, uh, you know, he didn't even – this is the first time this has ever happened in all the years I've been doing this. But he was, he was just <laughs> sick. What are you, you going to do? And he did not travel with us the day before the game. Uh, I first noticed it. I guess I was already in Waco, uh, and I'm like, hadn't hadn't seen, you know, because sometimes, you know, there's a lot of people on these trips, and you, you just, if you don't lay eyes on them, but obviously when the head coach is not there, it's like, didn't take me long, and they're like, yeah, he's home, he's home sick. So he came the day of the game, just trying to get another night's rest at home, and just trying to, I don't know, it's just tricky, because the you're in the middle of a grind, you're stressed. You're thinking about a million things. You've got a million people uh, things to tell different people, and you're managing your staff. And did we remind them to do this and that? And then you go out there and you you have to play the 15th ranked team in the country in a sold out crowd uh, and their building. And oh, by the way, you played there and used to coach there, and so it's probably not uh, emotional or anything for you. But I thought he did a hell of a job. But hopefully, he is feeling better. It's the last thing. That I told him after I interviewed him after the game and get to feeling better. Uh, it that can't be a lot of fun. So fingers crossed that everybody is on the mend. Uh, and I'm glad this was a a Tuesday to Saturday game as opposed to like a Wednesday to a Saturday. Now that we got through the Waco trip and maybe I don't know maybe Waco would have been a bit better if you wouldn't have played it until until Wednesday night. And Warren could have played. I don't know, but it just it, it wasn't it wasn't real pretty. Uh, and and good on them for keeping it very competitive and almost pulling it off. Yeah, and you're looking pretty good. Did you interview him from a, across the floor like we used to do well, during the Rona? Hey, Coach, uh, great hey, game, huh? I said great game. <laughs> I, I know you're joking, but I uh, had to I be had, in your mind. <laughs> the, the day of the game, I, I had what they call emergency, which is like yeah. this powder stuff with oh, yeah. a lot of vitamin C and D and whatever. Uh, there's these little crystals that you put under your tongue. That's kind of a preventative when you're not feeling good for the flu or whatever. And so, yeah, drop some of those. I mean, just, just trying to, but I, I knock on wood, man, I feel okay. Yeah. Okay. Not everybody's gotten it, but man, I, yeah. Cause there's a lot of mask wearing and a lot of body conscious of like, Hey man, I'm not going to shake your hand. Just going to do the old, the hug and hand pound or fist bump, whatever. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, th- thankfully I'm, I don't have the sniffles or anything like that. But uh, yeah, fingers maybe crossed. I'm, maybe I'm on the clock. I don't know. <laughs> no way. Can't think like that. Fingers crossed uh, for this good run to continue. And I don't know, man. You pull out all the stops when you're trying to win a Big Twelve basketball game. So maybe some of these guys, you get something going on near the UCF bench, and you're trying to get out of a trap or something. You just Maybe over there towards the old boys from Orlando. You know, they're out there sunny in 78 all the time. I don't even know if anybody gets sick in Florida. They're just typically born that way. I think they arrived that way. And I could just offer this suggestion as someone that was cured of the vid of COVID once upon a time after maybe three or four days of like 102 plus. I married a beautiful, authentic Mexican woman. I was kind of fending off her south of the border magic for a few days. Then eventually I said, nope. 
layer me up with those raw potatoes, baby. She did. Boom. Fever breaks that night. So pack a few raw potatoes, Chris. I don't know. Maybe when you get to the gym tomorrow, if anybody's running hot, just slap a few potatoes on them. And then what do you got? Potato chips after the game as well. So just, hey, that's good advice for anybody in the audience uh, as well, whether it's the potatoes or marrying a beautiful, authentic Mexican woman. Okay. I mean, well, good on you, man. And it's like Kramer and Seinfeld when he just barges in the, the room when he's laying down. He's like, that's a lot of potatoes. <laughs> We're trying to stay healthy out here. We're trying that's to right. Yes, healthy. yes. So I, I I like your little recipe. I might try that out. My wife may not be, be cool with me uh, marrying somebody else. But uh, yeah, but I'm well, I'm, maybe I'm, not that part. Maybe yeah, not that's that part. That's yeah, right. but that's don't right. sleep on the potatoes. And uh, always just consider maybe switching back to filtered cigarettes as well if you get some raspy throat issues. Quit rolling your own. <laughs> Uh, Chris, before we move on to what's going down in the Big 12 Conference and elsewhere this weekend, the guy that's standing out to me from uh, earlier in the week against the Baylor Bears, Joe Toussaint, he kind of gets off of a little snide that he had been on. It's no guarantee, obviously, that, hey, now he's breaking loose for the stretch run in the Big 12 Conference. But I think from a confidence standpoint, uh, for him, it was great to see him get back to the category of impact player. And I hope maybe we see some more of that tomorrow. Yeah, and his uh, his head to head matchup, you know, uh, against Central Florida, against Darius Johnson, and then turn around around Monday night against uh, Dewan Harris, uh, two two really good point guards, and and I think uh, you know Joe, you know, if he can continue to, because I mean the other night, yeah, his his performance was impressive, and I thought he, you know, we t- we touched on it a little bit, and that he kind of really he looked to score, and and I think knew that he had to, like man. Fellas, we don't have a plan B. I got, I got, I got a score, man. Like we gotta, don't have the big, big fella to throw it up to. Uh, you know, he hunted his shot a little bit, and then with that, I think that's what Grant has talked about in recent weeks. Is that it's like this, this internal game with Joe. It's like too often he's too passive or too, too much trying to get other guys involved, and then doesn't get aggressive enough of himself trying to score. And then with that, then neither happens. But I thought he scored so much the other night that it opened up his ability to distribute, you know, just because uh, he had what he have like 18 and six or something the other night. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, but I, I think if he can continue to build on that, yeah, you, you'll be in good shape. Because, I mean, it's just, I think in Big 12 games, Pop Isaacs is averaging 20 a game, okay, like just Big 12. So his scoring average has actually gone up in league play, not down, which is crazy but he can't continue to to you know produce at this level every night there's going to be some night where and maybe the the other night was it where he just didn't quite uh have it but joe needs to continue to help uh facilitate and score certainly and and then avoid the turnovers man and i gotta say uh you know kind of quietly i don't know if we can call it quietly actually because he's had some of the most explosive days of anyone uh, but to this point in the season, we not we saw another scoring impact day uh, for Chance McMillan in Waco, emerging as your third leading scorer uh, on the team to this point in the year, behind only Pop and Toussaint. I think you've got your money's worth out of Chance McMillan and then some. Don't know what I anticipated for him this year, but uh, he's given you everything he's gotten, and it kind of seems like it's just getting better and better as the season goes along. Yeah, you know, and, and and it's it's interesting because I think uh, I've had people ask me, man, why don't they play Chance at the point, or you know, like when when Joe was struggling and kind of switch things up. Well, Chance at his core is like a two or a three, you know, like a uh, a shooting guard or small forward ish, but he's pretty 
I, I know we've used this term a lot, but he's pretty undersized, uh, you know, in, in that role compared to, to what other people have, at the, especially the small forward spot. But he has got elite athleticism. And again, he can get really hot. But what we're seeing now is him kind of not level off, but now starting to produce nightly, you know, whether it's not just 26 and then and then four, it, it's it's 13 to 16, you know, like a lot of the time, you know, yep. and I think that is certainly needed because that it's easier to coach kids like that. It's easier to understand what you're going to get from your team when you have kids like that. And that's why every coach would would tell you I, I I want consistency out of kids and if you're going to be consistently bad be consistently bad you know that way I know what I'm getting and like okay I'm not going to trust you okay well you, you had your chances you, this is what you are uh, but it, it sometimes can drive coaches crazy like the the, the highs and the, the the lows when it's not the chance has been like that but I think it's a little more evened out which has been a good thing for Texas Tech and that because he's helping provide a little bit, if not a lot, every single night out, and that's uh, that's good. I can't. I'm looking forward to seeing him back here next year. That yes. that would be a guy that I would be thrilled to watch. Okay, man, maybe it's a little bit more in year two. Yeah, no doubt. Get you excited for what the future could hold. Uh, as far as the future coming up this weekend, anything else got your attention, or is it all Kansas Baylor? That's the only top 25 on top 25 matchup in the Big 12 this weekend from Lawrence. That's a five o'clock tip. Otherwise, you got Texas Christian visiting number 14 Iowa State. Uh, the Mountaineers are coming to Austin to take on the Longhorns. Kelvin Sampson and company go on the road to visit Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma there in Norman, K-State, BYU in Provo. But uh, aside from our game here in Lubbock, I imagine that uh, circle is around KU Baylor at five o'clock from Lawrence. Yeah, you know, and I, uh, it's not lost on me that maybe you, you catch a bit of a break here. Uh, I think Kansas State caught a similar break maybe last this past Monday, but Kansas really revved up for that Houston game last weekend and they ended up playing well and, and ended up winning by double digits. However, I think Bill Self would tell you it took a lot out of his team, you know, and maybe you get, you get a similar effect with uh, with Baylor rolling there. I mean, Kansas could roll, um, and they, they often do at home, regardless of the opponent, but there's a lot of hype. Game day is there, a uh, lot of distractions. Well, I mean, you know, regardless of the result, they're going to walk into a sold-out, you know, United Supermarket Arena on Monday night and a team that's going to be desperately trying to hold serve at home and Kevin McCuller uh, be uh, showing up for the last time you know, uh, I had, uh, yeah, I had, I had somebody tell me, uh, recently that was involved. Mark just wasn't going to ask TJ and, and Kevin to, to be back. He just wasn't going to do it. He just wasn't going to be a part of them coming back because of how popular they were. That doesn't make make your head Ooh. explode. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Why? I was getting ready for a good Friday, Chris. Why are you throwing that? At me? <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, how how frustrating is that? Um, and you know, so hey, I'm going Rafiki uh, on you. It's in the past. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. That's right. So maybe uh, maybe TJ and Kevin aren't necessarily uh, the villains that are, that they have uh, some have, have wanted them to be. But anyway, Kevin McCuller last time. Uh, in in Lubbock so maybe you catch a bit of a break but yeah pay attention to that one 
I, I again, I always pay attention. To who, who's the who's the home team that's going to drop one? I think I think it's not going to shock me if TCU beats Iowa State. It's not going to shock me. It would be it would shock me if you know with some of these other ones. Like I don't. I mean, Texas should win. I mean, I don't think Cincinnati can beat Houston. Cincinnati's been off for a week. They're coming they, in a little rested. They have, and and they've got the athletes uh, yeah. to beat. And, and it'll be that game may be a, a rock fight in the forties. Well, and which so, way does it go with the officials? Do they want to punish Kelvin Sampson for what he did this week, or <laughs> does the uh, as we talked about yesterday, the squeaky wheel get the grease? Yeah, that's a that's a great. I mean, it's a great <laughs> point because yeah, I'm. You know, I'm I'm kind of. By the way, any feedback on our officiating conversation yesterday? Oh, it, it united the nation, okay. <laughs> left to right, conservative, okay. liberal, whatever. I mean, it united the nation. I knew that that was going to be a conversation where there wasn't a whole lot of uh, combativeness in the YouTube comments. No, we were all united in our frustration <laughs> with these guys. So. Yeah, and, and it goes back to what coaches want out of players. I think fans want the same from. Yeah. Uh, of officials and this league yeah, to your point a second ago and, and it, this will play out at, at the arena you know t- tomorrow it, it this is a physical league this is a very very physical league with elite play from a college standpoint the coaching is big time the depth is there size is there and I think it's it is it's fascinating the way letting them go, not letting them go, you know, as far as like, you know, playing style or half to half. But that's why I say against Central Florida, I mean, if you, if they're going to call it tiki tack a little bit, I don't know if that benefits you or hurts you. If they're going to let them play and must, you know, and just let, let, let anything go. I I don't know if that benefits you either, but you just have to kind of figure it out and identify and hope for uh, some consistency there. But um, Bedlam tomorrow, I don't know if that does anything for you. Kansas State at BYU. Um, I would expect BYU to win this game, but if Kansas State's going to make, uh, they're going to have to go get some of these road wins, and I, I, they haven't, uh, they haven't been able to get any traction. But they they're coming off a monster win on Monday night, so that's yep. uh, one. To, but definitely in Lawrence, and then I think the one in Ames with TCU being there are the two that I would uh, have circled. There's going to be something weird happen. You have to imagine this weekend. Yeah. Just where is it going to happen? Are the Mountaineers not in Lubbock? Gonna, hopefully, are the Mountaineers going to do something strange in Austin? Is Cincinnati going to hold serve at home in a strange way? Is Oklahoma State going to go on the road and somehow get a win against a team with a better record in Oklahoma? BYU still hanging around in the top 25, but. K-State's got a better Big 12 record at 500 than they do, BYU 4-5. and five. You just know there's going to be something crazy or some wild finish probably among one of these games. Yes, as you said, hopefully not the one in Lubbock. Chris, before we get out of here looking ahead to the weekend, I'll just ask you this question. Is this soon to be Patrick Mahomes' most impressive Super Bowl win yet? We do have, if he can uh, get it. We do have the, the greatest television event. I, You know, you were telling me earlier uh, before we started the show how you were looking forward to the Usher halftime show. Oh, like, that's wow, right. Would, wouldn't, would not have guessed that. I mean, but I, I was like, man, I got to tell you, I'm here for the entertainment. So, Calvin, I'll agree with you there. Um, I got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think he, uh, as, as much of a legacy as he already has, I think that this like really where it's maybe like kind of God, he's still so young and, you know, you just don't know how much more he can do this. Uh, you know, and it's kind of pencil type stuff at this point with so much still to go. 
you, 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 if you, if he gets a Super Bowl title this weekend, and especially if he's like the MVP of the game, and I, I would say, you know, you, you've cemented. Uh, it's, I mean, you, you've kind of done what a Troy Aikman ha- has done, and he's a Hall of Famer. You've, you've done uh, because I think I saw him in the category of like. If, if he were to win a third one in this in this short time frame, it's like Brady and Aikman are the only ones that have ever done that. Like in, mm-hmm. in the time frame that he'd done it, and yeah. you know Aikman obviously won the won the three of them. But uh, yeah, I mean it, this would be impressive, and I I think everybody would tell you they were not great a lot of the year. It was a grind. Uh, what's wrong with the Chiefs? They're broken. Was it all be enemy? Was it? You know, and then you know the 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 Taylor Swift stuff, distraction, Kadarius Tony being a mess. I mean, and yet here they are, and they lost. Did they lose six games this year. Yep, you know? fourteen but, to six. But here they are, you know, and so it it, it and it's all uh, to me. I, I'm sorry, Andy Reid deserves some credit. You, you have the best player on the planet, um, yep. and I wouldn't bet against him. Other people may look at and say, "I'm going to take the 49ers," but he doesn't get sacked. He doesn't make mistakes. He makes it look easy, and I mean, I I wouldn't bet against him on Sunday. That's for darn sure. But you you win your third one, and at, at the young, ripe age of what is he twenty seven, twenty eight? I mean, I mean, it, it's insane. Uh, so yeah, look out. I, I don't know that it'll be uh, as slanted against him as it was when they were uh, taking on Tampa Bay, and he's like running for his life every snap. Um, but. I mean, they're going to come into this probably and kick it off as underdogs. They're still underdogs as I'm looking at FanDuel here today. Like point, and, point and a half? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, so slight. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think if he's able to pull it off, this might be the most impressive one that he's gotten uh, so far because there were yeah. some things working against them this year, uh, hoping that he is able to do that. And, yeah, I don't know if I'll be in chair in, in the chair in time uh, for kickoff, but I'll be in the chair in time for U-S-H-E-R-R-A. Y-M-O-N-D. I mean, the halftime show is what it's all about. You know me. I'm one of those throwback halftime guys. Shout out to, you know, that one guy and then, well, the other girl and well, all the great halftime performers of years gone by. The only one I can remember right now, literally, is Prince in the Rain in Miami. I mean, how could you forget that one? <laughs> Purple Rain. <laughs> That's right, baby. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chris, appreciate the time as always, my man. Get back with us. On the other side, we'll obviously be reacting to the basketball game, but might kick off next week as well with an update as far as offensive line coach Hunt is concerned and all kinds of other stuff coming at you next week here on Locked On Texas Tech. So uh, looking forward to it, man. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy it, uh, folks. Be good out there. Hopefully see everybody at the arena on Saturday. Uh, Hope your team wins on Sunday. We'll be back to break it all down on Monday with a game staring us right in the face against the top five ranked uh, Kansas Jayhawks. So giddy yeah. up. Whatever happens in Lawrence, let's just hope for quadruple overtime. <laughs> something along those lines. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. Appreciate you guys being out there. As always, for Chris, I'm Casey, and we hope to see you back for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech. <laughs>